thank you, Alexis, for taking the time to speak to me today. And obviously, I just want to cover a couple of questions a bit to do with like how you found being in an engineering manager, also moving into the clean energy space. And um, so I guess from you, first things first, if you just want to tell me a little bit about yourself and how you've got to where you are, really. Yeah, so as you noted, my name is Alexis. I'm currently an engineering manager, but I started off as a software developer. So my current role is as an engineering manager at Energy Hub, which um, focuses on reducing our carbon footprint and making sure that the grid is nice and stabilized so everybody has power when they need it. I started at Texas Instruments, which is a semiconductor manufacturing company. I started as an embedded developer. I was fortunate that I knew when I started my college career that I wanted to be an engineer of some respect. I knew that I really liked math and I knew that that was one of the ways of applying math into your career. So I fiddled around with exactly which type of engineering and eventually software became something that was really intuitive for me and I really enjoyed. And I knew that I really liked embedded software. So as a developer in my perspective i liked the bridge between hardware and software so i did that for a number of years and then i think that operating the way that i always have which was just advocating for the best possible engineering designs and asking questions when i thought questions were valid and not kind of holding myself back based upon where i was at in my career or my tenure opened up some different doors for me so when i was at my last job I was approached about being a program manager, which has a lot more responsibilities, uh, a lot more collaboration, but less of uh, doing as an individual contributor. I really loved being a developer at the time. I'd kind of transitioned myself to a project that I really enjoyed, but it was an opportunity hard to pass up. So I moved into being more of the managerial side, took it as more of exploratory. I really loved working with people and on the bigger picture and, and helping out in that way. But as I went from being into being a program manager, there were some there were some pieces that I wanted to explore other opportunities. So I was trying to figure out what would be next within the company that I was either at, just because I knew being a program manager wasn't the stopping point for me. So I started looking at opportunities within my company, but also external to figure out I had only had that job. What are the gaps that I have in myself that I haven't been able to explore. So I worked at a different size of company. Uh, so I started looking at opportunities that were completely different. And one of the things that I learned early on in my career, because they had us take an assessment, was what motivates you. And so for me, the technical challenge combined with the impact were the, the highest motivating factors for me, seeing how that expanded outside of my day-to-day -day job. And I think when I looked at different roles that was something that i was trying to heighten and so the company that i work at now in the climate space i wasn't as particular as being just in climate there were a lot of different facets i evaluated from climate to mental health anything really that was more mission driven just to see if i could find an opportunity there especially because i i did like my last company and i, I liked what i did you know with with every company having challenges and so i wanted to see if i was going to transition i wanted it to be a meaningful step and having it be mission-driven was was an important factor in that. So Energy Hub kind of came up on my radar. They were hiring. I liked how they were doing more to is a reduction rather than you being an individual consumer. So 
when I, and even when I interviewed there and I did take a, a leap, right. So I was applying for jobs kind of across the map, just knowing that I think one of my friends during my career process said to me, if you're automatically getting interviews for everything, then you're probably not reaching high enough. And I knew I, I'd never managed people. I'd managed programs, but I thought I had the skill set. And so I was just having to find somebody who was willing to see that within me as well and willing to give me that opportunity. So I was not just applying to jobs that I was set up for, which I think as a female engineer can be something that you kind of pigeonhole yourself into doing. So I yeah. was applying across the map. Um, and then when I got this opportunity, it seemed like a great company. It seemed like a great team. And it was definitely growing myself personally because it wasn't people management wasn't uh, experience that I had yet. So also allowed me to there's there's the different facets at play too as well as when you're in this space is like how technical do you want to be this was allowing me to go a little bit more technical than I was in my previous role so a lot of contributing factors that led me to being an engineering manager and that was a very long-winded summary but um, <laughs> sorry I appreciate the detail and I think it's interesting what you said about um how a lot of females like don't necessarily apply for roles that they feel like a little bit of a further reach for them because um, as a company like we've been going to like women in tech events and things like that and that's one of the biggest apparently one of the biggest things that females feel in the industry is that they look at like job specs and kind of like play themselves down and miss out on roles which actually when you speak to the company they're actually more inclined to want to interview females uh, regardless of whether you've got like a lower because they know that there's also a contribution that females can make to a company and also people from diverse backgrounds. I think a lot of companies now that I'm trying to speak to have like a, a lot of a higher value on having a diverse team, whether that is female or people from different countries or different religions, all those kind of things. You actually have so many different like mindsets and ways of building a team. It's actually completely different. And the company, the clients are like, yeah, we would love diverse candidates, even if you've got slightly less experience. But then I feel especially women kind of go, oh no, I've not got the exact like XYZ on the on the job application, so I don't apply for them. So interesting that you feel like you did that because I feel like that's one of the biggest problems that a lot of women that we've spoken to actually feel they don't do that. So moving on, so do you feel that DEI is seen as important uh, at Energy Hub, and if so, why? Yeah, I think that was during my interview process. I was asked about it multiple times because when you have a, a team reporting to you, you do are presented with a unique opportunity to impact how that team is staffed. And so I was asked during my interview, taken very seriously about you are going to be a manager. How will you ensure that diversity and inclusion is something that you're always focusing on when it comes to staffing? Um, I was asked about it in a variety of manners, but also it was highlighted into how they approach it. So I think the the way in which it was brought up without me having to bring it up was a green flag for me as I was I was in the interview process. And then it's even more than that, but being able to back that with the things that you see when you actually are working at a place. And so I think there's a lot of conversation around it. There's a lot of transparency about it is here's where we're at. Here's what we're seeing with new applicants. Here's what we're trying to get to. And I think that as an industry as a whole for maybe not climate, but engineering, I mean, the demographic, even when you're in school is pretty bad. Uh, there yeah. were times where I was the only female in my class. And so understanding that your application demographic is going to be the same, your company makeup is probably going to emulate that. There's a lot of vectors that have to be attacked is 
you know, getting young females interested in STEM so that that can change so that there is a better ratio of applicants as well. But I think what we can do today is, is looking at what our current makeup is, which my company does do, and try to continue to make, give that transparency. Uh, they also have different groups, which I've seen at m multiple of the companies that I've worked at that specifically highlight that and create those safe spaces for you to participate in. So I think those are all things that they they do to back up what I heard in my interview process is this is important to us. How are you going to incorporate that into your position and how are you going to continue that? So I think that would be I would say, yes, diversity and inclusion is, is important. <laughs> within the company that I'm at and there's a there's a lot of ways in which they've they've done that so far yeah 100% I mean I would be surprised if you were like yeah I joined a company where they don't value it so obviously I would expect them that to be an answer and I do I also think it's interesting as well bringing up another thing that I've definitely found in this research is the main issue is it being like a downstream problem and the lack of introducing STEM in schools and having it as like a lower, because now we're at a point where it's like, ah, finally people are starting to do it and as you get like lower down um, the food chain. But ultimately, like when I'm reaching out to companies at the moment, there are so few female directors engineers, people from diverse backgrounds in the higher positions. And that's why we have our mentoring scheme <laughs> to enable people, because that's one of the biggest problems of all the people that we've spoken to that they feel they can't like access an engineering manager role or a director of engineering or the more senior positions because they feel they don't have the same accessibility and visibility that is otherwise accessible to less diverse candidates. <laughs> um, fabulous. Next question. So do you have like a view on why, so this could be based on like previous experience from companies you work at or et cetera, but on why some companies may fail to execute effective DNI strategies so like to expand off that um, I think a lot of the companies that I'm in contact with are fully aware that it's something that they need to improve like something they actively do want to improve but actually how to implement it and facilitate it they don't seem to know where to start and what to do and there's a there's a handful that are, they feel they're kind of like past the past the point of being able to sort it out because their whole team is just white well-educated males from America who right. they feel like the diverse candidates females don't want to join and diverse candidates don't want to join because it's not a particularly nice environment or diverse environment so yeah what would be like do you have a view on why some companies do fail that and why they can't <laughs> do that yeah i have a couple hot takes so if you're top level if you look around at all of your VPs and higher, if you look at all of your um, shareholders, board members, depending on what size of company you are, and every single person is male, um, or every single person is of, you know, Caucasian or has the same background, I really think that a lot of those messages funnel down. And so I've flat rejected companies that I started to initiate conversations with when I was looking around that had no female executives at all. And they yeah. said, oh, well, that's, you know, we're trying to improve it with you here. You're not offering me a VP role. I'm not at that that space yet. So, you know, if, they, if that's if, if that's a problem you really want to do, then you should look at having females in your if, in your uh, 
highest ranking leadership. I think that's the reality, whether that means creating another position, whether that means doing some shuffling, but but if you are not emulating that on the people who have the most power and influence in your decisions, then the people below that will not be comfortable and will not feel like their their voice is fully represented. And then I think in the other direction, so if you're looking at the highest and then you're kind of looking at the lowest um, vantage point of your not lowest in terms of ranking, but where you have the highest volume of people, of individual contributors typically, is being really strategic about how are you doing messaging? How are you doing marketing? How are you attaining those? Are you integrating? Are you looking for new college grads? Are you integrating with their sweet societies? Are you doing specific talks with them? Are you, you know, if it really is a focus to you, there are ways of making it clear that it's a focus. And for me, as someone who interviews people who has those conversations, once someone gets to the point of having an interview, the goal of me is to remove all bias and figure out who's the best for the job. So what the, the first step is to really getting the right candidates into that pool to be assessed. And that can be done through targeted, um, almost like marketing of jobs. Again, SWE groups, if it's not, it's it's figuring out how how do you make your messaging friendly to everyone. You know, there's, there's little practices that can be done is when I write reviews, when I give interviews, I don't put gender in them. I don't put any, any sort of those. And so there's a lot of ways in which thinking of hiring as trying to target the population that you want. So making sure that your job recs as well are also very gender neutralized or um, race neutralized, anything like that is, is another realm. So I would say both attacking it from your top level leadership, but also how are you acquiring talent on the other line? And then what you're saying is just encouraging everyone to apply. So when I talked about my application process is I didn't get too overly coupled to one thing or to one job. I said, I think I can do any of these. I'm going to apply as much as possible to things that I think are are a step outside of my boundary. And I think the same thing is like if you're in a role, everyone in the in the leadership is letting people know it doesn't hurt you to apply. It might hurt your ego a little bit to be rejected, <laughs> but it really should not. There should be no retaliation of hey, you threw your hat in a ring for a director position. We don't think you're there yet. And all it does is open that door for here are the conversations of what you can do to get there, which is a great thing to have, but encouraging within a company to almost be more inclined to apply to any open RICs in, in, within your company rather than dissuading people. So those would be the few things that I would note to improving that. Yeah, 100%. And that literally circles back to people just feeling like even in my job, add writing I think it's important when you notice the difference if a company says you don't need to have this full skill set um we're happy to like work with you on it even just minor like things like that which open it up for people because I think it is it is like statistically I can't actually remember what the statistic is but I know we had it as a company for how many females don't apply for a role because they don't have like the absolute black and white like on paper this is what you need to have and having just like more open like job applications, I think would be a huge step to just getting more female candidates and people who are less confident in actually applying for those roles, which is frustrating. But <laughs> unless you like you and you just apply. <laughs> Next question. Have you any achievements or initiatives around this topic that you've been involved in that you're particularly proud of? Or if you don't, like any wider ones that you've seen that you think are like really impressive and successful? 
Yeah, so I'm relatively new at my company now. So I'm kind of starting to try to get my feet wet in different initiatives um, while balancing ramping in a new job at a new industry and company. So those are challenging. Um, I have my own ways of participating previously, whether through my last role or through my own. I think we all find what we're really, really most passionate about. So I think my last company did a really good job at knowing that the one of the biggest struggles you have is your transition into your full-time career. And they kind of really constituted that as anybody who is at the company newly. But there were a lot of that percentage of the population was new college grads in general. I think just acknowledging that joining any new company or any new role or going through any major life transition needs extra support. So just having groups and communities around that to feel like you're connected. So types of organizations that you're doing. Um, but I used to work with that organization closely at my last job and there were we were a larger company. So there were different levels of tiers. And so at one point I was running that organization, which had, I think at the time that I was running it around 1500 people involved in it because I was at a massive company. And so I think creating those communities and those safe spaces where people can have those conversations, whether they're about any of, of our typical don't talk about at work topics, so race, yeah. gender, any of those things that, that you could feel in isolation. Or I think the biggest thing is that question mark that rings in your head was, was this messed up where you can have somebody to actually openly have a dialogue about it, um, who understands the culture that, that you're in and those types of things. So that was an organization I was really proud to be a part of because there is a lot of wavering when you first get into the workforce of, is this normal or is this me? And it can be across the map. Um, and then I have my own things that I do outside of work. So I volunteer at crisis centers and that really keeps me grounded to recognizing my experience is not everybody's experience. Um, yeah. And that can hit on a lot of topics. Yeah, 100%. And that sounds really wholesome and like I think I always say like especially with this like mentoring scheme as well it's interesting to speak to um like different types of candidates and the different types of backgrounds that they've come from and the things that people do get involved in like this because there is actually since I started this job I've realized there is so many different like communities and things out there that you can find support in for probably quite literally anything that you wanted to find support in which is great so moving on from that one is there anything on the horizon in terms of like DNI initiatives that you want to tackle within your business? So have you got any initiatives on the horizon that you feel like are going to be really, really uh, useful in implementing DNI in your company that you want, would want to share and that could like tackle the whole issue? I, I think that one of the things that, that my company has kind of gotten to the scale to do now um, re retention of company cult culture as you scale is really important, I feel, which I think is more of a fact than an opinion. But when you get larger and larger, you have more people with more diverse backgrounds, more thoughts, more opinions coming in. And my last company had this because they'd been around for a long time. But um, Energy Hub has started to establish a lot of those groups, which are DI specific groups. There is a women in climate tech one that we've started within the company. I they've they've most of them have been ramping as I've joined and kind of started to hit more of a stride. I was just when I was at the office last week was just at a speed networking event, which was awesome to see. It was packed, it was loud, there were a lot of chairs, but it was um, all the women in our organization who were part of that initiative there talking. It was awesome. It was it was crazy. You would hear there's the 
um, one of the females at my company, like everybody clapped once, everybody clapped twice because it was so loud that all of a sudden you just hear like, it was like you kicked a tree with a bunch of moss and it was just <laughs> like volume. So I think those are really important. I think it's also important to note that if you are not comfortable, your community in your safe space doesn't have to be within your company. It's great to always have those, but it is also important to have it in whatever way works for you to have some sort of community that you can reach out to. But I think that's, those are initiatives that I'm super excited about. So we have them across different religions, different races, different you know, sexual orientations, uh, gender, all, all across the map, which I think just gives someone the opportunity to connect within their organization, but to have a space to to spread that knowledge across everyone else. Yeah, plus that makes sense. And they sound re- like really good initiatives, but also something that are not, I feel, as of yet, a lot of companies, especially in like the clean energy sector, necessarily do. So it's nice to see a company do that. <laughs> Why would you feel a candidate? I mean, we kind of already covered this, but if you've got any other additional things, and um, a candidate from an underrepresented background would particularly want to be a part of Energy Hub. I mean, obviously, we've just talked about like the initiatives. Um, but is there anything else other than that, let's build on that, that you feel? Yeah, I think that it's important for, I, I feel this way at Energy Hub, but I think it's important for a candidate wanting to work anywhere, is you should feel like your voice, your whole voice, like your whole self, your ideas are valued there. So it's really important for you to be revered for what you can provide as a person versus thinking that you have to fit into some mold. So I feel that when I'm in meetings, whether they're with male colleagues, female colleagues, people who report to me, people I report to, people who are in my ecosystem, that people care about what I have to say. They care about why I'm saying it and and they really want to take those ideas and incorporate them and move them forward. Or if they have a different set of ideas, you know, they want to share those with me. And so I think being able to feel like what you bring to the table is, is what is valued wherever you work is the most important. Um, However, that's connected to how you, your own personal identity. But if you don't feel that that connection that you personally are valued for who you are and what you bring to the table, then if it's energy hub or any other company, you won't feel satisfied there. I'm fortunate that Energy Hub allows that for me. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I think, uh, yeah, I would always say that even with, when I'm like hiring with candidates, if you don't feel like you're never going to be happy there. And I think that's why initiatives like this are so important because it, it, I think a lot of the time as well, from these events that we've been to, it's actually a, a vast majority of the time, their voices would like people's voices would be heard but they just don't necessarily have like the actual confidence to speak up and i think that's why like we want to do this mentoring to give people that just edge to say what say their piece say what they want to say and people probably in most cases nowadays will actually listen to you like male female wherever you're from in the world it doesn't really matter i think most of the time people actually will definitely give you the time of day do you have any experiences that you've had positive or negative um as being a female in your career around the DEI topic. I studied electrical engineering in school, which I think if you nice. look at the, yeah, the things, it's probably the worst in female participation. Yeah. So I've had a load of experiences. The, the hardest thing I think is you never have a blatant experience. Like that is extremely rare, you know, where somebody makes it known that your opinion is less valued 
because you're female. Um, I have had really positive experiences at my current company. They're happy, you know, that there's a female in leadership and that, that, that perspective is there, which is awesome. I think kudos are great, but I appreciate the sentiment. But the reality is, is I love being evaluated for how good I am at my job. And it doesn't matter which bucket you put me in. You know, the tools are important to get you there. But yeah. I think my merit speaks for itself in how I, how I conduct my job. So that the the praise is nice, but I think what's more important, which makes people feel the most uncomfortable, is those hazy experiences where there's no real reason for you to be questioned or for you to be getting a certain set of feedback and you don't know where it stems from, but also what are you supposed to do with it? You know, if somebody they've they've made um, comments about females being more inclined to be called aggressive, I have been called aggressive before. Um, you know, there's there's those things that when you first hear it, it doesn't make sense. And then you're trying to figure out why. Okay, well, what is this feedback saying to me? Especially when you work in an industry where you're told that in any industry, you're told that getting feedback is the fastest way to help your own career growth. But not all feedback is good feedback or accurate or accounts for all of that. And so I've had varieties of experiences where at first, I try to process them and I try to, try to process them very neutrally and they're not lining up. And then maybe I'll deduce or s more often than not, someone else points it out to me. Like this could be because, you know, yeah. female, this could be because, you know, they're not used to it. Like I had a manager way back when who used to call everyone man. And then I think he would just freeze when he saw me. <laughs> it was like, I, don't, I don't know what to say now. You know, it didn't matter if he would have said like, hey man to me, it wouldn't have mattered. But it was yeah. just that like, you you never know um, where some of these things are are stemming from. And you, you're you not going to call someone out and say, is your feedback to me because I'm female? Like, that's a weird conversation to have, no matter how much experience I have. It's never something that I personally think I've been comfortable doing. And so it's really hard to digest. So I think just knowing, I, I think, so yes, I've had those experiences, but I've had the weird, the hardest thing for me is all the experiences that live in middle ground that you don't yeah. know it's but or not and knowing whether that's because you're a female or whether it's because no they just want to criticize you and whether that makes a difference or not I think I do yeah I do get that I hadn't really thought of that actually to be fair because that is like I think that would kind of <laughs> piss me off <laughs> I'd just be like is it because there's an issue here and you need me to correct my job or this, this is around my work ethic or how it works yeah or are you just saying this because I'm female and if I was a man you wouldn't have said this to me and do you even know, like as an individual, because you work with, a, you're going to work with a lot of, the, the easiest thing to address are people who are known bad people. Like, are you a jerk or are you someone who doesn't even understand why you're saying this or how it's coming off? Yeah. Very sledlimly when you get into a, a good company and a good industry, is it because someone's a jerk? Sometimes it is, but it's more rare. Yeah. So most of the time you're looking at somebody who might not even realize what they're fully saying. And so I think yeah. there's, there's no, there's one, you know, being aware of patterns, but the biggest thing is again, having some community behind you. So if you don't have the self resilience to say, that's not true about me, which, cause I've, I've even had before someone says something that I know is not true, but it still eats at me. Um, yeah. have that, have those communities that we talk about to kind of be your sounding board and to say, yeah, I've had friends just like, 
ignore that. Like if you, if you, if you continue to get that feedback, worry about it. But if, if that's the one time you just, you need to move on, you know, so those are helpful just to have people to digest that with. It's hard though, because there are a lot of times where you swallow those pills because they're in the fuzzy area. Um, yeah. I think this would actually be something I definitely would want to like take on board in regards to like our mentoring. I think that would be some, especially for like younger engineers who are like super new into their career like it would be something that I think like if they're fresh grads they should definitely take that on board because otherwise you're just going to get hit with a lot of bullets and you're going to be like yeah I can't do it um so I do get that but I think that would definitely be something that we could like implement into the whole mentoring scheme that we're doing because I think that is something that I've not discussed with anyone before and actually is something that probably comes up to a lot of people and they they're a bit scared of being like is it because because then you you flip side of it people are like oh so you know you're bringing this into it and it's like well, no i don't know <laughs> is it yeah it? yeah because then you're just getting the whole you you can actually get backlash from that when you've just tried to ask a simple question of oh well now you're bringing gender into it and it just causes a whole yeah. And sometimes it can be valid feedback. It can be like, this is how you interpreted what I'm doing. And there's some sort of disconnect here. Um, and other times it can be because, because of that. And so for you, it's being able to be comfortable with just discerning where is that coming from, which is probably one of the hardest tasks. Like, is yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Final question. I mean, this basically, we've kind of covered this through the whole discussion anyway. But do you feel generally speaking as a whole that you're like, well seen in your industry obviously you said in energy hope you definitely feel like well seen but would you say on the whole in the industry do you feel like you are yeah I think though there's different personality types and you run through those those quizzes or whatever and I'm I'm definitely have had as the level of experience is whether it's professional or just how my personality is where I'm I'm a little bit more blunt and loud and I think um, that can, can get me places, but it also means that I'm a louder person in the room for people to have to hear. And so I definitely see like my opinions are, are, I'm making sure that they're seen, right? It's more on the company you work for if they're valued. And I do see that they're valued. But I think one of the things that interests me most about this organization is you don't get to change your personality type, right? I got lucky that someone tells me, hey, you can't do this. And I just decide that I'm going to do it and prove them wrong. Or, you know, that if somebody cuts me off in a sentence, I'm going to stand my ground. But those are, those are, some of those are just interests or personality traits that I have. And I think it's not thinking that in order to get ahead in your career, that you have to change who you are and in yeah. figuring out how do I work within how I work best, but also knowing what I need to get accomplished. It's almost like learning styles, right? Is some people learn really well from lectures. I never did. I learned really well from reading textbooks. And in college, you would barely catch me at lectures and I would get asked about it a lot. And I was like, I know this is not how I learn. And so it's not a good use of my time, but it's it's the same thing with, with organizations like this. They're so important because I think even if you are a female, there's this idea that you have to be a female of a certain type gets you ahead. And I yeah. don't think that should be it. And I think I forced myself to be heard. And then I pick companies to work for that I feel valued. Um, but I don't want that to have to be the way in which women feel that they have to get a, get ahead. I feel like everyone yeah. should be able to bring however they interact. Yeah, because I feel like, especially with, you know, we are only in the early stages, realistically, of having females in more senior positions, that I feel like 
the ones who are there now and are in like your managerial positions or your directors or whatever tend to be the more boisterous like don't tell me that I'm wrong I'll prove that I'm right kind of personality types like yourself where you can stand your ground whereas I think it's going to be and that's why I like the idea of this scheme because yeah right it's going to be great for you to you know mentor someone and be like okay well you need to say yes or no but if that's not how they work and how they how they're actually going to be able to approach the situation that's not really gonna necessarily benefit them in their career and I think understanding that if that can be understood from like the top and they can be like okay well actually people have different approaches and they're not gonna we still need to make sure everybody's being seen and feeling appreciated and valued in the company I think that's something that is going to take quite a while <laughs> to filter through and eventually we'll get there but I think it's the first step with like pretty much anything with regards to diversity and inclusion is always like seeing that there's an issue and accepting it and then moving on from it rather than just like ignoring it essentially so we'll caveat that with I do work with a lot of female female leaders at my company that have a different personality type and um and style and they're still really valued and they are still in leadership positions so it works well at my company but I don't think that that is something with younger individuals that I have mentored that they feel feel that the, the journey is as easy if maybe their baseline personality trait isn't to be assertive or, you know, yeah. to be that way. Um, so I don't, Energy Hub does a great job at, at allowing a lot of different um, personality types into their leadership. Um, but I do think that's a hard, that's a hard thing when you're, you're stepping into any industry and figuring out where do you fit is to not feel like you have to conform to move up. Yeah, because I feel like that would be another another interesting thing to add to like the mentoring side of things as well because I do feel like a lot of like my candidates definitely who are on the other side of their career feel like exactly what you're saying like they feel like oh well they're you know they're just not gonna be able to get into those roles and kind of shy away from them because there is this like stereotype that to be in a higher power position as a female you have to be like crazy assertive like super extreme <laughs> to yeah. like a dominant personality which obviously if you have people within your company that are not like that and you have quite a variety of personality types in different different positions I think that would definitely be something that's like appealing to people who would want to be mentored because I think they don't see that necessarily from either experience or also in education I think actually is probably where that stems from because I think that is tends to be the case in education to be fair and actually to get into the working world it does seem to be more valued but I think to share that knowledge with people would definitely benefit because I don't think it's well known really.